This is a Colored Pencil Podcast, session number 87. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a colored pencil podcast where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your hosts, Lisa Clow and John Middick. My name is John Middick, and I am joined once again by my co-host, Lisa Clout. Do I have to say of Lockery Fine Art? Are you st- we're still doing that in 2017? <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. You of do have to Fine John Art. Snow, though. <laughs> and she wants to talk about her Jon Snow video, but we're not going to do that today. What are we talking about, Lisa? We're not? That's what I was prepared for. <laughs> I knew you wanted to. <laughs> we're going we to can't talk let about a the- podcast... <laughs> session go by without you mentioning that video. We are going to talk about the perceived higher value of oil paintings and acrylic paintings versus colored pencil. Yeah, you know, we could even split out acrylic versus oils, I suppose. Because for a long time, you know, even oils, well, maybe even still to some degree, some people like to think that oils are uh, higher quality or higher, they just have a perceived higher value for whatever reason. So I thought that, you know, this might be a good discussion just because a lot of colored pencil artists kind of struggle with how to price their art and how to think about it and how to communicate to the consumer or potential buyer. And it's it's kind of a, a tricky thing, but we kind of have to know the history just a little bit. Yeah, because it really does play a huge, huge role on what that perceived mm-hmm. value is. And I do want to throw out we're using the word perceived intentionally because that's right. really all this is. It's not that one is worth more necessarily based on the medium. It's a perceived value. Absolutely. Yeah. And so some consumers and this is this is kind of the difference here is we're going to encounter audiences that are educated about what an actual price of an art piece should be. And then we're going to talk more often probably than not, to buyers who have no clue. But in their mind, for some reason, they have something in their head that says, oh, oils are better, more expensive. Sounds fancier. Sounds fancier, more more prestigious. Yes. And I knew an oil painter, or I've seen oil paintings from hundreds of years ago, that kind of thing. So, All right. So some, I mean, some of the, way, the reasons why this happens is because some people have it in their mind that, oh, it takes, it probably takes more skill or more talent for someone to become a painter than it does to, to be able to draw. And, you know, maybe if I've never uh, painted and I used to oil paint and maybe I would believe that, I guess, a long time ago, I don't know, but I can absolutely say that I, I don't think that's the case. And when you're, when you're painting, you are drawing when you're when you're painting anyway. You're you're worried about perspective and value and all those things and the the proportions and all the things that you still worry about with drawing. But I remember it just it just not taking as long. You could get your shading and all that stuff done so much faster than you do when you're drawing. So if the artwork is on a canvas and not on paper, then that's one of the things I think that leads some people to believe that there's a perceived a higher value with a painting. Yeah, I think a lot of that too. It's easier to damage something that's on paper than it is something on True. canvas. Uh, a little more fragile. 
Some of the other reasons for this perception is that the materials, some believe, are they're thought to be more expensive. Like if you, you know, are buying oil paints, uh, then they're thought to be of higher value or quality than uh, pencils. And why is that? Because, you know, children use pencils and especially colored pencils, and they sort of have a little bit of a stigma uh, to them. Uh, people think of them as a child's activity. Uh, they're going to use colored pencil with, you know, uh, some schoolwork or something like that. And so there's just not this this value that is attributed to colored pencils as as people do with oils. Well, and part of that too, you have to remember colored pencil is a fairly new medium and yes. they were not light fast for until more recently really. I mean, it is That's really true. Not that long ago that they started becoming more and more light fast. That was a serious problem. So the artwork created with those wasn't going to last long term. And a lot of people still don't know that that there's been a lot of changes in the medium of colored pencil very recently. And so they may not also know that, you know, you're paying quite a bit for archival materials in colored pencil. And at one colored pencil can cost somebody as much as $5 per pencil. So there's really, again, it goes back to that word perception. And we just have to become better at educating a potential buyer. So the materials then, like we said, are thought to be more of higher value rather and that they're more archival than colored pencil that's a perception that many have it's also oils that is are a very traditional medium and there's a lot of famous painters in history that people will associate with oils and so it just has this perceived reputation uh, with the medium you know and then there's this other thing that happens is that a lot of art schools will push oils and a lot of LTA schools will also push oils as as a preferred medium. And so then that gets in the mind of an art buyer that, oh, well, then that must be the medium that, you know, we should go with. A lot of art galleries will actually turn away things that are not oil or acrylic paintings. Even Mm. watercolor artists have had this problem where uh, that's not what art galleries want. They feel that they're not going to get the buyer to buy that, which is funny because this all really should come down into branding and marketing. But a lot of galleries are not accepting colored pencil artwork. And that isn't really helping us to get the word out there that this is a reputable medium. This is, they are light fast now. One of the things that I do, I display some of my work at a local city hall. And on the label, I have them actually put that these were created with light fast colored pencils. Because if you just say colored pencil, people are like, eh, okay, whatever. But for some reason, when you include the term light fast, it's like, oh, wait, these are going to last, assuming the person knows what light fast means anyway. But I mean, any right. somebody who's familiar with what a problem that that had been in the past for colored pencil, that's going to be an important thing to hear. And so I think when we talk to galleries, too, that's definitely something to let them know. We are using high quality, light fast products, assuming you are, which hopefully you are. Um, not all pencils are. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully everyone who's listening to us is- uh, they're doing that. And if you're not, please, please do that and educate yourself on what uh, Lightfast colored pencil materials are available. As there's so many. So, yeah, there's the consumer, though, that will go into a gallery and will be steered in the direction of an oil medium painting. And I think a lot of times the, the reason for that kind of thing is it's it's 
just it just goes back to that perception that that's what people think of as being something that is uh, worthy art. This is you know this is a medium that has stood the test of time and is archival and that kind of thing. Although it's so funny because if you go back several hundred years, there's there's so many uh, famous paintings that they have a lot of archival issues. Yes, and we're talking about oils, and so you know it's it's just like we said, it's just this perception, and we've got to do our best as champions of colored pencil to try to uh, sway this audience in a different direction. The audience I'm talking about is who we're speaking to when we're educating people about our art and our choice of medium. Here's the thing, though. When we talk about perceived value, and I see this with people talking about what style they're going to work in, or, you know, abstract sells Mm -hmm. for more, realism sells for more, everyone will come up with something that says this type, you know, landscapes are going to sell for more, so that's what I should do. It, it isn't really to do with that. In the end, when you really dive into business and marketing and selling your work, that has very little to do with it. I have sold colored pencil work myself for, for more than what I've sold some of my oil paintings for. And I sell colored pencil work for more than my, my oils just because it takes a lot longer for me to complete a colored pencil piece. I mean, a 16 by 20 is going to take me two to three weeks to finish. Heck, even sometimes an 11 by 14 will take me two or three weeks to finish. So, and that's with working on it every single day. So it's not the idea of, I mean, we're talking about why people think that it's worth more. It's not. It isn't actually worth more. It depends on who's selling it and what name they've built for themselves. You may have an artist who does oil paintings whose work sells for half what my colored pencil work is, or you may have my oil paintings who sell for half what another colored pencil artist who is more well-known than I am does. So, I mean, it, it varies on the artist and the business and marketing and branding. And there's a reason that we bring that whole subject up so often because when you're selling your work, that's what it's going to come down to. It's not a matter of, I picked the perfect subject. I picked the perfect, you know, landscapes sell for the most. So I'm going to draw landscapes that's worth more. No, it depends on who you're selling to and who your target audience is and finding that target audience. There's just so much more than being able to simplify it into oil painting sell for work. Well, no, there there's so many factors to consider in that. Yeah, and yeah that's a good point that you bring up. I mean, it, it does come down to marketing, really. You know, are you a seasoned artist and do you can you command a, a price that others who are starting out cannot? And the reason I say this is because it may take somebody who has been selling for quite some time and gradually over time they've raised their prices it may take them you know let's say a day or two to complete maybe an oil or whatever whatever the medium is let's let's take the medium out of it for just a moment it may take them a lot less time than it does someone else and yet they can command a price that is worth thousands of dollars where another artist may take them a long time and they don't get near as much and so the reason i'm bringing this up and kind of playing devil's advocate just a little bit lisa but you know we talk about the time involved with colored pencil and that really i don't know that that's something that we really even have to talk about or even have to say to a potential buyer because i mean i i understand that yeah that that is something you can say and you can say hey this did take longer therefore i'm going to charge more because my time is worth you know more or whatever but we don't really necessarily have to do that. It all it does come down to marketing, how we position it, how we discuss our artwork and the value uh, that we put on it. You know, there's stated value 
to any object. And everything is marketing. So everything that you do around your business as an artist lends itself to marketing. How you talk about what you do, how you position your pieces, how you position yourself, how you discuss your business. And so uh, that's my only point about that. We don't necessarily even have to say, hey, well, this takes me longer, you know, kind of playing devil's advocate. Well, no, it's not even devil's advocate. I don't necessarily tell people that. I'm telling you guys that. So, you know, for your business, you don't have to think, oh, it's an oil painting. So I have to sell it for more. My price per square inch for colored pencils costs more. And that's the reason why I don't explain it to anyone. No one's actually ever asked me. Yeah, I was just saying that you don't you don't even have to have any kind of reasoning like that if you don't want to. I mean, it it. It's just all in, you know, how you position yourself and you say, this is, these are my prices. I mean, there's, there's obviously going to be some bad ways of doing that. Like, uh, well, no, I like this one better or that kind of thing. Oh, it's yes. probably That's not always a good frustrating. Thing I'm more attached to this one or, yeah, you know, and one of the things that I don't do for art in general, I don't charge more based on, I did a better job on this painting than this one. So I'm going to charge more for that one. If I did a rush job enough like, if it's so rushed that I feel it should be charged for less, I would give it away in a giveaway. Actually, I just did that because I did that quick painting of a whale's tail on a live stream recently. I'm not, it's a two-hour painting. It's not going to be my best. So I'm not going to try to sell it for less. I'm not going to change my prices, but I will give it away. It's not that it's a terrible painting. It's just not the same level of the stuff that I typically sell because it was a quick two-hour project that I did live. Yeah, yeah. I got I to gotta tell you, though, one of the things that I remember when I started coming back to art several years ago and I started drawing again, somebody said, well, you know, you need to, you need to start doing oils, right? You know that, right? Like, <laughs> like, I, like I needed to know, you know, hey, it's, it's oils, you know. You gotta, well, yeah. you know, it's funny, too. You know, the thing that I'm most known for on YouTube, the videos that do the best colored pencil, not the oil painting oh, yeah. videos. When I do oil oh, painting yeah. videos, they won't rank as high. I won't get as many views off the bat oh, as I believe colored that. pencil. Colored pencil, I mean, it is it is such a, a, um, a hot medium right mm-hmm. now. And so many people are interested in colored pencil right now. The cost per square inch for me isn't based on how good of a job I did. It's based on the size. And that's what most buyers are going to understand. Yeah. So that's yeah. why I just have a separate price per square inch for colored pencil than I do for acrylic and oils. And acrylic and oils I grouped together. I know for many years it was something that acrylic artists struggled with where mm-hmm. that they were not taken seriously. It w- Everyone oh, still pastel. wanted oils there. And really that's not the case anymore. Now acrylic paintings, they I don't see people questioning that like they used to. Um, it That's definitely come a long way. And I think that we're going to see the same thing with colored pencil. The longer it's out there, the more people are accepting and seeing that, wow, this is a real medium. These look like paintings. They don't look like a colored pencil sketch. And I think that that's part of the problem is that people expect it to look like, like you said, a children's drawing or crayon. Mm -hmm. When an artist gets to where they're really experienced with colored pencil, it looks no different than a painting. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so... We wanted to kind of wrap up by talking about, very quickly, some things that you could consider doing to increase the value of your art. Aside from having a price list, though, that is, you know, you can look at it, a consumer can look at that and they can say, oh, I understand this. I I see the consistency here in the way that this artist prices their work and that kind of thing. Aside from all those things, I mean, marketing plays a big part like we talked about. There's some other things that you could consider doing. Some of those are, number one, you could create 
limited edition prints of your work, signed prints, one of 50 or one of 20 or whatever it is. You could do that. You could also print some variety of uh, different sizes to have available, different options for your buyers. Now, one thing I want to throw out, because this is something that I hear so often is, won't having prints done of your artwork lower the value of the original? No, no, it will not. It, really? If anything, it does the opposite. I but I hear yeah, you know, I hear would this? think I would think it would do the this, opposite. Yeah, I get this. No, I, I believe you get that. Time. I'm just and wondering why people think that. Yeah, um, I don't know. I think they think that now there's lots of them out there, and it's like you have to understand there is a big difference between a print and yeah, the original. The, original. the person original. that's interested in the original is not generally the same person who's interested no. in buying a less expensive print because the no. print doesn't have the same value as the original. It actually raises exactly. it because now more people are aware of that specific piece of art, and so yeah. the original becomes of a higher. And there's value. only one original. Exactly. I mean, it'll always maintain its value. Yeah. I mean, it's so much better. Okay, yeah, that's interesting. All right, so another thing you could do is you could create your colored pencil pieces larger than what you've done in the past. Kind of talking to myself here. I, I <laughs> vow to get away from the artist trading card size in 2017. <laughs> I will. No, I'm kidding. Um, I don't really do those, but they're not much bigger than that because they just take me so long to complete. But yeah, I am trying to get a little bit larger with mine. They just take so long um, when you are doing a colored pencil piece, but getting, I'm trying to find some ways to uh, make that faster but and that leads me to to my next one yeah there's different products now available uh, like the powder blender and other products as well that you know some of these um, these artists who have invented different ways of of speeding up the process I think is so ingenious and it just makes it where you can churn out more artwork you know if you haven't embraced some of those things one way to get you started is one simple thing to do to get you started is just using OMS in especially larger areas of your drawing that you're trying to work on. You know, just use something to speed up the process. It makes a huge It difference. does. Gosh, when I used to go through and blend or burnish with a colorless blender, trying to do a large background like that, oh, it was a nightmare. Mm -hmm. You could add something to the presentation and the packaging of your art. And you could actually even talk about this next to your price list or whenever you'd uh, have a write-up about your pricing or whatever. And you don't have to say, this is the reason why I charge, blah, blah, blah. But but it just it's it's marketing and it puts a larger uh, value in the mind of the person of the person buying your artwork. It's the same thing with anything else that you buy. And you think about that as a consumer. You're a consumer. You purchase things. And so if you purchase something from Amazon or wherever it is online and you get something in the mail, if it comes in a ratty old box, do you think you're going to think that that is really worth the value that you paid for it chances are no if you get something and it has a nice pristine packaging and it's let's just take apple products now i know lisa you're kind of like me you, <laughs> you don't like apple products you're not an apple fanboy like uh, a lot of people are um but there there's something to be said about the way that that apple designs and packages their products and there's a perceived value when they do that so let me just say a quick word about that. You could make your packaging look very attractive, and you could ship all of your artwork yourself instead of using a drop shipper, so you're completely in charge of that uh, piece of it. That's going to cost you a little bit more in time, though. I understand that. But you could mat your piece. You could put it in something very attractive, like a, an acid clear uh, sleeve or something like that. All those things just 
kind of go along with the whole context of what somebody paid for, what they purchased, was something that you took some care and some attention in making sure that the the whole experience was something that was valuable. That's a good word, experience, because that's really mm-hmm. what a lot of people are buying into is the experience. Mm-hmm. And a couple of things when you are packaging your work, I do recommend the acid-free sleeve, or if it's too large for that, you can't get one the, the size of what you're working on. I generally, unless I have to roll the work because it's being shipped overseas, just because shipping's so expensive overseas, if it's being sent in, within the US, I am going to mat it every time. I'm going to then wrap it or put glassine on the work. So nothing but the glassine is touching the original artwork or the acid-free yeah. bag, if you do the bags, that works as well. Then I wrap mine in between a, at least two sheets of cardboard that are the exact same size as the mat in the artwork itself, or a little bit larger, but I mean pretty close. And that's not attractive. So what I do to kind of fix that is then wrap that in some tissue paper. Um, that will make it a lot prettier. And one thing that I used to do, or actually butcher paper, it looks really nice. I love that look, that nice kind of brownish tan paper, I wrap it in that. And I used to t- take a raffia, like a, just a thin strand of raffia and kind of wrap a bow around it. So it's just, it was really pretty presentation wise, but I had that bow because you tie a knot to make it stay. I've had that damage the artwork or not the artwork. It actually damaged the mat, but I had it happen. The, you only really need to have it happen once before you're like, wow, never doing that again. So I don't wrap anything like that anymore, but I still use either the tissue paper or I like the butcher paper just because that's there's no chance if it gets wet, color's not going to leak onto anything. I always Tissue paper, you've got to watch how your outer box is to make sure that you're protecting that from happening. But tissue paper mm-hmm. looks very pretty because you can use the same colors as your brand. But the the goal here, when you op- when the, the customer opens the box, you don't want it to feel like just something they got at Amazon. You want it yeah. to you want to build into that experience. So, but do yeah. make sure that what you're doing is very safe for the art at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, the point is make it nice, make it attractive. And yeah, using the glass scene, I think is a very good tip as well. Yeah. Make sure that it is something that they enjoy that experience and they can tell you took some care and some attention. Okay. So, uh, and the next one, have a story that goes along with a piece of art, something that, uh, you know, if it's part of a larger series, then you can add some context to this particular piece just gives some more perceived value if they think that there is again some more attention some more care some more thought that went into this and if there's a story that goes along with why you created something that can add some more value just something else to throw out there if we're looking for ways to add value. Now, you can also do a certificate of authenticity. I've done this in two ways in mm-hmm. the past. The first, and I offered this when I used to do prints, where I had the prints made and then I shipped the prints. I don't do this anymore because I don't do prints that way. But I would have, I used a, I don't even remember what the company was called now, but it was an artist certificate of authenticity thing. Though, and the pricing was fairly cheap. I want, well, I don't remember what, I want to say it was like $10 a month. Maybe it was less than that. But it hmm. printed, it You. It basically registered, it saved a certificate of authenticity number. You had all of this registration documentation, the name of the title, or the title of the artwork. It looked nice. The problem I had is way too often I'd need to print something to be shipped the next day and their site was down. So I finally yeah. was like, yeah. eh, no, I'm done with that one. That's why I'm not going to even bother linking it because I don't actually recommend it anymore. But yeah. from there, I went on to making the certificates myself. I 
I just made myself a I was going to say, you Photoshop. could do it yourself if yeah, you have Yeah, made nice my own. I kept printer. track of it. Um, I yeah. just kept a list of what numbers went to who, and I have copies of all of that. I will say, people liked it, but it didn't increase my sales. It made no difference when I, I stopped doing it. None at all. So if it's something that you're like, wow, this takes a lot of time, because it did. It was a time-consuming process for me to do. Yeah. I mean, it added, I would say, an extra 30 minutes per piece to get that, you know, marked and just track all of that. Yeah, what we're talking about is ways to increase the value of your art. Okay, so then you could also, just like Lisa was saying, use that certificate of authenticity, but you could also have a story card along with that if you wanted to, something like that. Put all that together. It it just adds a little bit more something to uh, the, the experience. Piece. I don't know that I would say it adds to the value as much as it adds yeah, to the, the perceived value. That person, well, when both. they open that box and enjoyed it, they may be more likely to buy from you again because the whole experience right. was just like this magical, amazing thing. Yeah, and that's perceived value whenever somebody enjoys the experience. It's just like going to attending a workshop in person, a physical workshop. Do you enjoy that more or watch a recording of it, that experience that everyone else was having their life? You know, I mean, it's that kind of well, thing. Well, a good example of this, too. There's a restaurant that my husband and I go to every Friday night mm-hmm. because of the service, because of the experience. We generally get the same. I mean, it, with me having to be gluten-free, there's only a few things on the, the menu that I can get. But I, it's one of three things that I get every single week. And there have been a few times where we're like, oh, we should try this restaurant. We should try that one. And it's like, but we like yeah. the experience of that one, the way we're treated there. They know, you know, who, we walk in and they know what we want to drink. They know right. what appetizers, we, they know all of it. And it's just the experience of going there. That's what keeps us yeah. every single week yeah. going and getting the same right. meal every single time. But it's worth it. We like how we are treated. We like the overall right. atmosphere right. and the experience of the whole thing thing so that it it does make a big difference all right well you guys may have something you'd like to contribute to this discussion and we'd love to hear that you can always email us somebody told me the other day lisa that i never give out the email address in the podcast i give it out i think every time i thought i did you know i get the same complaints about my critiques that I don't know. It's not easy enough for them to find it. Every Maybe it just kind of blends in. But if you it. would like to reach us, uh, we do <laughs> read every single one. I can't promise that we'll respond to every single one, but we'll try it. We do. We do read them. Especially if you're mean. Podcast at sharpenedartist.com <laughs> is where you can uh, send emails. And if you would like a question to be read and answered on the show, you can go over to sharpenedartist.com slash Q&A. We also have a Facebook group called the Colored Pencil Podcast, and you can join us over there. We would love to have you in that group. We will talk to you again next Monday. Bye! Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com. Authenticity of, of authenticity. Authentic, authenticity. Wow. wow, easy for me to say. <laughs> All right, you want me to keep going? Um, no, I like the awkward okay. silence. Let's you like going with that? Let's let's do that some more. Aside from having a pricing sheet, <laughs> my brain is just not working tonight. I'm contagious. So, stop going to your spam folder. Truer words never said, never spoken. I don't know. However, that saying goes. <laughs>